This is a story all about how a cat and Chris just both sat down. So we'd like to take some time and chill out there. We'd like to talk a bit about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. All right, welcome to show 15 of Podcast Fresh. We are back. It is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air season two premiere. We are back. We haven't done this for a while, so we're feeling pretty good. Hopefully, we're not too uh, sluggish or uh, have any of that rust on us, but we'll see. So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be downloading this from. Welcome. My name is Chris Torres, and my co-host today, as always, is Ryan Mello. Ryan, how are you, brother? What's up, man? I'm doing fan-freaking-tastic. Been doing a lot of Super Mario playing been really taking it easy this week besides work i haven't really done much uh but yeah been playing mario <laughs> been playing mario. what have you done in mario mario okay so i beat mario 64 like a couple days ago i beat it in like three days um and i've been freaking going off on that mario 35 game that just came out yeah like that is just fantastic um the Mario 35? The Mario 35, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you've played it too. I've seen you online a couple times. Uh, I think it's phenomenal. What do you think about it real quick? I love it. I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's a good way to, to, to play. Um, it's very easy to get hooked to because you're always, even when you lose, you always feel like you can do better. So how the Mario 35 works is it's basically you against 34 other players and smaller screens. If you've ever played Tetris 99, it's kind of the same idea. So it's the original Super Mario Brothers um, game. There, all eight worlds are in there. Um, I've only uncovered about half of it, but um, I'm still going. I feel like every time you reach your limit, like they throw a new um, new, new uh, level at you, or I don't know if that just works depending on which level you're at, you know, as a character or whatever, but um, it's been pretty good. I've, I've played like over 100 times and I've won uh, 11 times, which is pretty good. It's about a 10% uh, winning ratio. That's pretty awesome. I actually am yet to win, to be honest. Oh, man. I yeah. went over to uh, the boys' house, my nephews, to take care of them last week. And um, they were watching me play. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. Because they're little kids, right? So they always have that. Uh, they think I've never played Mario before. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I played this game since when you were just a dream, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> so they're watching me play. They're like, oh, Uncle Chris, you're sick. And they're like watching me. Like, but... Um, yeah, no, it's fun, man. It's a it's a really fun game. I haven't really uh, um, played anything other than Mario Thirty Five. It's kind of it's so easy to play. Each you know, if you make it to the final ten, um, to final five, you could be sitting there for about ten fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also had matches where I won, and it's been fairly quickly. So I was in there with a bunch of noobs, mostly. <laughs> and then there's been other games where I'm like, man, I should be in the top ten by now, and I look, and I'm still like number twenty one. Like the match is just so. Intense. That's the worst. Uh, yeah, but it's cool, man. Like, uh, as as your opponents um, kill enemies, the enemies show up on your screen. So sometimes there'll be, like, uh, at the, toward the end of the match, they start introducing, like, uh, Bowser shows up everywhere, right? So uh, all of a sudden you have all these different uh, guys coming after you. It's pretty fucking cool. It is. I When the Bowser starts showing up, man, it's like, oh, my God. Like, you... Like if you're little Mario, like if you have no mushroom, like God bless you because you're you're gonna take a hit. <laughs> you're gonna take a hit and you're gonna lose. 
But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it has been really fun. My best, honestly, has been second place. I keep getting second place. I'm yet to just get the win. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with, with uh, the people I play with, man. They just get me at the end. But uh, yeah, overall, I've, it's, I think it's amazing. I, I don't think it's as... Um, I don't think the formula works as well as it does for Tetris. I still think Tetris is a better like battle royale game, I'd say. Um, but at the same time, like it's way harder to win in Tetris than Mario 35. So, I mean, take that as you will. If you're a fan of uh, just winning in general, like if you if you're sick and tired, like like I'm still I don't know about you, but Tetris 99, I've never I've never gotten first place. I think the best I got was third. And uh, it's just tough. It's tough to get the the number one the number one uh, ranking. But uh, yeah, Mario thirty five, man, it's been it's been a heck of a time. Yeah, that is a fun game. That is a fun game. Mm-hmm. What else? Have you been watching anything lately? Anything on TV or any movies or anything like that? Not like there's a ton of fucking movies on. Uh, excuse my language. Not that there's a ton of movies in the theater right now to watch, right? Yeah, no, just been. I haven't really been watching anything. I've been, I've been kind of preoccupied. I just bought a house, so <laughs> dealing with all that stuff and uh, just there, there hasn't been time. That's why Mario Thirty Five is so convenient for me because the Switch is just you know whenever I have a moment and I need to just unwind, pull up the Mario Thirty Five. Uh, right it's before great. it is, it's so it's like that was why it was made. You know, just a quick little yeah. game. But um, I did uh yeah a couple of weeks ago I beat Mario Sixty Four in like three days when that collection came out. I just went ham. Uh, definitely helps to know where all the stars are because, you know, I played it when I was a kid and, yeah. uh, I got to 70 fairly quickly. Like I was surprised that it was already time to go to Bowser. I was like, Oh my God. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I like having the beat save file though, because if I ever do feel, you know, the need to go back and get the stars, like that's there. And, uh, I'm already, I'm already more than halfway. So that's nice. But yeah, other than that, um, yeah, just been doing that. A lot of Mario, Mario 35 and Mario 64. And no one's going to blame me for that. Yeah. Nope. It's a great game. Uh, I recommend it to anybody. I'm 37 years old. Ryan, you're 25? Yep. Ish. Um, so it's, it's fun. It's the original game. Uh, if you've never played it before, it's Mario 35. And here's the thing. We forgot to mention this. It's a free download. It's a free right. download. You just have to have the Switch and you have to have uh, the um, subscription to the uh, the Mario the gimmick. Online the online service. Nintendo, whatever it's called. Yeah, and you just get that and you download Mario 35, you can download Tetris 99, a bunch of other games, you know. Uh, but those are the only ones that I really play that are free, the 35 and um, mm-hmm. the Tetris sometimes, but I haven't played it in a while, to be honest. But yeah, there you go. Great value. Um, and then the one that Ryan's talking about is the uh, 3D All-Stars, which you can buy on, on Switch right now. Supposedly, people right. are going to get rich uh, stocking up 9, 10 copies of this. Uh, looks like it's going to be a bit <laughs> of a long game because it's available everywhere. Yeah, I, I'm one of the idiots that bought an extra copy and left it sealed. Well, it's um, okay, but you'll but, just have to play the long game. Like, you'll have to have it for a while, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean... Or at least find out what Nintendo says, because supposedly all this stuff is just temporary, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I it wasn't on purpose. I just basically ordered it on Amazon. It was going to come like a week later. I couldn't wait that long. I saw it at Walmart, I bought it, and now I have an extra copy. But, um... It's, it is the long game. You don't know, you know, it's funny not to get off on a, on a tangent, that jump rope challenge game. Did you know about that? There was like a jump rope game. No. So Nintendo, when COVID hit and it was like fresh, Nintendo put out a jump rope game. Like some of the developers just said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to make a little game for free. We're going to put it out there whatever. It's an exercise game. You just pretend to jump rope with the Joy-Cons. Um, two weeks ago, 
they said that they were going to take the uh, the game off the eShop. Uh, I forgot what date, but it was coming up. People voiced their opinion, and now they're going to keep it on. So, are they going to do the same with Mario 35 and Mario 3D All-Stars? I don't know. I still think there's a, there's a lot of money to be made, man. Like, 3D All-Stars is, like, top of the charts. So, yeah. I don't know. They'd be dumb to take it off, but I could see them taking it off. I think I've said this before, but... They'd probably sell each game individually for like thirty bucks. I would. I really right. wish they would sell Mario Thirty Five. I don't know how they would do that, but like, I wish there was a way to sell it because that's going to go away too, and that really sucks. Maybe it won't go away. Who knows? I. Uh, I don't know. I'm. I'm back in the uh, Nintendo Mario universe. I'm kind of in. Uh, I'm kind of still in the in the paradise of the whole relationship right now. Um, but <laughs> I do know that from. Veterans of Nintendo and Mario, they they uh, some people were like complaining that the 3D uh, All Stars wasn't that impressive of a package. That maybe the uh, the second Galaxy game should have also been on there. For me, man, I just thought I just you know I saw three games and I'm like, all right, I'm in. You know, like this is definitely something that I would definitely want to play, especially that I have had never played Mario 64 really. So it's kind of a good excuse to pick them up. And uh, like you said, nothing beats just pulling that out if you're stuck at the. Uh, in line somewhere or you're waiting on somebody it's just great to pull up the uh, switch and, and play that a little bit yeah honestly i mean I, i'm just happy that the games were you know made to be accessible on the switch i mean sunshine's been locked on the gamecube for so damn long and uh now you could finally play it on the switch so yeah. I, i'd complain less and just be more grateful honestly yeah there you go right but anyway all right, Ryan, throw us the uh, throw us the Twitter there and the uh, Facebook. Right. So if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, know what we're doing, what we're up to with all our uh, podcast freshness. Uh, you can follow us at Podcast Fresh To on Twitter, and then uh, over on the Facebook, we do have a Facebook page. Uh, just look up Podcast Fresh; it should be there. There you go. All right, so let's get into the first episode of season two. This is season two, episode one, called "Did the Earth Move for You." Original air date, September 9th, 1991. Um, this is the one with the earthquake. Ryan, had you seen this one already? Uh, this was one of the episodes I I remember it. I just don't remember much of it. Like when I saw it, it was almost Dang. like like I didn't really remember anything that was going on. So yeah, there's that. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So anyway, let's get into the summary of the episode. We start off in the kitchen. The newly renovated kitchen. It's gigantic. Did you see this thing, Ryan? It's freaking huge. They've completely opened it up. The uh, the area um, sort of where the exit door was has been extended. So now there's a table on the other side. So if you're looking at the screen, there was that door that leads to the backyard. Well, now they've extended the set on the left side. So the table is there now. So right. um, really cool. I guess they did it for blocking to try to get better shots, et cetera, et cetera. So... Nice little change there. So in the kitchen, Aunt Viv and Jeffrey pull out of the toaster oven something that once resembled food. It's charred <laughs> black. Vivian complains about all the technological gimmicks that Uncle Phil has installed around the house. Carlton com- And that'll be a running gag. Carlton oh, yeah. comes in complaining that he can't get on the phone because Will's always talking to his girlfriend, Kathleen. So, whoa, we're starting out hot here. Already whoa. a bunch of different changes to the characters. And Carlton says, "I'm excuse me for saying this, but I am not a happy camper. And everyone's like, ah. You know? <laughs> wow, Carlton <laughs> got mad here. So nice little quick scene to introduce everybody. What did you think so far, Ryan? 
Uh, you know what? This is probably the first opening that I um that I saw to the to any any episode in this show, and I didn't really think anything of it. <laughs> like I was kind of almost. I don't want to say let down, but I just wasn't as like, even if the episode was bad in season one, like all of them made me go like, okay, but it was a good intro. So I'm excited to see where this goes here. It's like, everything is so different. And like, it's like, what am I watching really? Like, oh, okay. This is interesting. I mean, it's interesting to stick around and obviously you're going to stick around if you saw the intro, but what I'm trying to say is if I just base it off the intro alone, I don't really know where it's going. And I mean, I'm, Compared to the other intros, it's not setting up much of a story. So, yeah, yeah, I think it was just a way to get all the characters in there really quickly and kind of catch you up. That uh, you know, Will's got this love interest all of a sudden, and this and that. So, from that right. angle, I suppose it makes sense. But yeah, there you go. Um, and yeah, so Will's got a girlfriend now, Kathleen, um, and they're fighting over the phone. You're younger than me. Do you remember ha- ever having to fight over the phone with anybody in your house? Yeah, I do actually. What? When? Yeah, long time ago in grade nine. Um, so that was like eleven years ago. Yeah, my family still had a house phone, and uh, I mean they still have a house phone actually. But I would just be like, because I didn't have a cell phone, so I used the house phone to call everybody. And then, of course, I started dating my now fiance uh, around that time. And we would talk every damn night. And a lot of the nights I would just fall asleep with the phone on. And like I'd wake up and like it says I've been talking to her for like 18 hours. Um, I, I guess I didn't fight over the house because someone had to, like over the house phone because someone had to use it. But I definitely get yeah. shit on because my mom would be like, you can't do that. Like, well, how can you like leave the house phone on all night? Like, that's how these phones break, blah, blah, blah. I got like a, I got I got a talking to. But I kept doing it. I didn't I didn't learn. I didn't care. <laughs> that's crazy. My mom is a, is a you know, my mom, love, lovable woman, you know, uh, <laughs> one of my best friends in the whole world. But she is a snoop. She cannot help herself from being a snoop. So. Um, when I was coming up, this is maybe 96, 97, I was about maybe 14, 15 years old. That was when we got our first computer in the house, right? So we were late bloomers. We never had computers when we were little kids, but we did get them by the time I entered uh, high school, right? Because my parents thought it was important. And, and it was, it, it really, I, don't, I would have had to spend so many hours at the library and places like that. And, you know, aside from right. when I was a little kid, I hated going to the library. So we had our own computer and um, uh, it was cool, but we had dial up internet. So, um, every time you'd have to go use the internet, you'd have to sign in through the modem. And if, if you if you're younger, you won't know what the hell I'm talking about. If you're about my age and you remember, <laughs> then it's all good. You know, the modem made all those noises. The dial-up. <laughs> yeah, man. And it would connect. And then you'd be logged on and you'd be downloading a, a, a video file. And in those days, you can maybe download a video file of like 40 seconds. It might take you like three hours to download it just so you can watch a clip of whatever sports or whatever else. Um, not... Porno, not anything pornographic though that would not be me not at that age um <laughs> but uh you know with that little sports clips things like that or um sometimes you'd be playing a game like um need for speed and it would it would uh show you you know you can download this link and check out this video or whatever but it would be using the internet right so mm. uh, i just remember it was it was cool to be online but i remember it was so delicate because if my mom picked up the phone it would disconnect the internet it would just oh, disconnect man. the whole internet and it's not like today where, you know, if your download stops halfway through, you can pick up your download and finish downloading it. 
No, no, right. no, no, no. It forgets everything. So you got to start downloading it all over again. Um, so it became insane. And then, you know, thankfully by the time I got, had like a, like a, my first real girlfriend, um, I already had a cell phone. I already bought a cell phone and it was my phone. But had that continued into the days of having a house phone, I can for sure see myself fighting my parents over the phone. But it never happened too often. And, um, you know, just like the fact that my mom was like, I can always like had a feeling she was going to be listening in on a different phone from across (laughs) the house. Right. That's the thing. As many house phones as you have, that's how many receivers can listen in on the call. Right. Right. So you can have like your mom listening in on one phone, your dad on another, your sister on another. That's kind of weird. Right. But, um, but anyway, those are kind of my memories of, uh, of having a dial up internet. It sucked. Thank God I was not around for that. Yes, sir. (laughs) <laughs> yes, sir. All right. So at this point, Will comes in doing the whole I love you more on the phone. So he's, he's talking to his girlfriend. I love you. I love you more. I love you. I love you more. Uh, he grabs the other phone. I'm going to miss you more. So now it's turning into something else. <laughs> All the other characters in the room are just like rolling their eyes. And even Aunt Viv's like, well, Aunt Viv thinks it's kind of cute. But even she's like, what the hell? Um, Hillary and Ashley come in making their debuts here in season two. And they are excited that Uncle Phil got them all tickets to the Viewer's Choice Awards and that they get to sit with Arnold Schwarzenegger. This part was so funny. I don't know if I'm the only one that found it funny, but I rewound it three times. I'm going to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hold on, Jeffrey. When the show but I'm going to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm having dinner with the Terminator next Friday night. Jeffrey, Jeffrey. You're not having dinner with the Terminator. I didn't get you a ticket. Ooh, that's ugly. (laughs) Philip, how could you be so insensitive? Jeffrey is a part of this family. Major faux pas, Dad. (laughs) Poor Jeffrey. Like his life isn't sad enough already. He starts doing this dance in the middle of the kitchen. And then, unfortunately, <laughs> they let him know that uh, he's not coming. So what? So Phil didn't get um, Jeffrey a ticket to go to this award show with them. So he's really crestfallen and they kind of leave it at that. What did you think so far? I felt so bad for Jeffrey, man, in that scene. <laughs> Like, you think it's funny. I was like, oh, man, that's so damn cold. No, I thought it was so funny because he was so animated. Like, oh, like I can't wait. I'm going yeah. to be sitting next to Arnold. And thank you. <laughs> Remember, he goes, thank you, sir. He's like, thank yeah. you, Uncle Phil. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it man. Just, yeah, it is sad, though. They just cut his celebration. Um, yeah. Yeah, in terms of the episode, though, I think it's awesome now. I do think now it's like, okay, they, the family is clearly like they're on a good – a good vibe right now. Like they've been yeah. doing, they, they've been in some happier times, you know, during the break when the show was going on and no one could see what was going on. Wink, wink. Yes. Uh, things, you know, things developed. Will found uh, love. And um, I don't know. Everyone just seems in good spirits in this, in this beginning episode. And now, I like you it. Know, good start. Yeah. 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 And now they get to like go when to I, uh, the viewer's choice. Yeah. When you and I spoke about this episode a couple of weeks ago, I think I had mentioned, like, I really enjoyed I think I said to you, like, I've watched the first four episodes. I really, I'm enjoying, for the most part, what I've seen, right? Even Mm -hmm. your episode I liked, and, you know, I won't spoil anything, but I like that episode, but there's certain issues I had with it. But I thought it was really funny. This episode here, they had a lot to establish in a short amount of time. And I think, for the most part, they get it done correctly. Is this episode as memorable 
as season one, episode one? Mm, no, but this is memorable because of the earthquake. This becomes the earthquake episode. Right, because there isn't another earthquake episode, right? Exactly. Now, now yeah. let me ask you a question. If there wasn't an earthquake go. in this episode, would you remember it? Uh, no. No, I wouldn't. But that would change the entire episode. I mean, you can still have Will and his girlfriend, uh, spoiler alert, get stuck in the basement. You can still have that part. But then the part where... And then you can have Phil and Vivian. Anyway, let's just go through it. But <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be a completely different episode. The earthquake is what makes this episode because it pits the characters. It separates them all separately. And some people might call it a writing crutch is that you use something like this to separate all the characters. Uh, well, why are they separated? Well, because there's an earthquake. But it's okay because mm -hmm. they've never done something like this. If this was a device that they're always going to use, well, how do we separate Phil from the rest of the family? Well, we'll create an earthquake. That'd be one thing, but it hasn't really happened here. Um, so I'm okay with it up until now. So it's fine. Mm -hmm. So later on, we're in the backyard and all the kids, this is another running gag. All the kids come in, everybody, everybody complaining one by one that Viv is preparing takeout to be served for dinner. Everybody comes in doing the yeah, takeout again and Viv is getting nastier and nastier because she's going to kill somebody. <laughs> Phil comes in and he makes the same comment and gets yelled at by Viv. So, of course, being the husband, he gets yelled at the first. Um, <laughs> then we see Phil, Will, and Kathleen, who's the girlfriend, and the rest of the family. They all come sit down to eat. Um, really uh, funny little moment here where uh, uh, Viv notices that Kathleen's button is down. And so mm. she goes, let me. And then Will goes, no, let me. And Phil goes, let her. He goes, yes, let her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was good. That was, that was really, really good. good. <laughs> so uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, so, so far, the writing has been pretty good, pretty crisp. And uh, so we have everybody sitting down. Hillary makes a zinger with, oh, my God, that food smells terrible. I feel like I'm sitting in coach. Dude, that was so mean. And the crowd was like, oh, <laughs> That's so good, though. Like, that is so Hillary. It was awesome. So ridiculous. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Although I would have had her say, uh, I feel like I'm sitting in economy rather than coach. Because she's the, <laughs> the brand person and coach is a brand, right? So right, right. Um, going back to the episode where, uh, did you say coach? When yeah. Ice Tray was at, it was like, hey, let me trade in this uh, front row ticket and we can get to economy. <laughs> Class right. Back Yo, to that, yeah. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, that, that so would have been better. That's uh, that's fair. Another thing I wanted to point out is um, I really liked. How, remember, we were so thrown back by Phil's fascination for technology and all these little gimmicks. Remember when they all went to the mall? They were all oh, shopping and it just for didn't presents. Make sense. Yes, yes. This comes full circle now. Like this kind of makes sense. That's right? cool. Yeah, that's they kind of really tie cool. it back, right? It's like okay, he's into all this technology, all this wizardry. I'm glad they brought it back. Now I now I have to retract my statement about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We might have to review that episode again. No, no, no. But it's good to see stuff like this. Whether they did it on purpose or not, um, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Jeffrey's serving the food as each... So they're all sitting down at the table, just to set the story up for anybody who hasn't seen this part. So they're all sitting at the table eating their dinner, but Jeffrey's going around serving some stuff that is still there. Um, as each of them, they're all gushing about the trip and the award show. And um, Jeffrey drops a baked potato from about two feet off the plate to each of them, one by one. So Will, Hillary, and then um, Ashley, they all get a potato <laughs> dropped 
Um, and then Jeffrey goes, pardon me while I get my knife. <laughs> so he exits and then Phil tells the family, all right, listen, we'll get him a ticket. And then Will and his girlfriend to make, begin to make out. And then Phil's like, did I just wake up in a fucking nightmare? You two idiots in the kitchen. So they go into the kitchen for the talk. Uh, excuse me. This is the dinner table, not the back seat of a Chevy. I want to talk to you two in the other room. Now, now it's time we discuss this relationship. Vivian, discuss it. Um, well, what, what Philip is trying to say... Don't come around here with no babies. <laughs> oh, oh, is that what this is all about? Look, Uncle Phil and Viv, I think you guys can relax. You don't have to worry about us coming around here with no babies. I mean, we don't even know no babies. <laughs> Kids. Now, we know you care about each other, but you have only been dating a short time. And the kind of thing you're talking about takes commitment. You know, Aunt Viv, you're absolutely right. Commitment is what this is all about. And as a token of my commitment, I got Kathleen this ring. Oh, what? Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, how many of these talks have you had in your life, Ryan, where somebody's pulled you aside and been like, hey, listen, son. <laughs> Uh, never actually. What? You've never had yeah, the talk? Never, oh, never had yeah. the talk, no. Never had wow. the talk. That's crazy. My dad had the talk with me when I was like 12. I was still playing with like my Ninja Turtles and like reading <laughs> novels and comic books. Like, what is going on here? You're talking to your girls. What's going on here, girls? But uh, I got to talk really, really early to the point I had no idea what the hell my dad was talking about. But I was like, okay, I guess that's the talk, <laughs> you know? But uh, so Phil brings Will and his girl, young girlfriend here, gives him a talk. And Phil goes, we have something to tell you. Vivian, tell him. <laughs> so she throws it to Viv. Before Viv, uh, before Viv can even open her mouth, Phil cuts back in. Basically, we're saying, we don't want no babies around here. So it's like, damn. So the, the wow. talk gets broken down really, really easy. Um, so there you go. So they have the talk. Later on in the night, Phil gives Jeffrey his ticket. Jeffrey is really appreciative and tells him now that he doesn't have to slash his tires anymore. At this point, <laughs> Ashley comes in complaining about her dress. Carlton and Hillary are there. They're fighting over who, who gets to sit next to Arnold. Phil says, listen, if I want to save my tires, it's going to be Jeffrey. So Jeffrey's going to be the one sitting next to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm ready. Final. What took you so long? Oh, I just spent an hour chasing my outfit on the new rotating dress rack. Why didn't you set the variable speed adjuster? Philip, these gadgets are making my life miserable. Well, baby, you're the one that's wanted to redecorate. Well, yeah, I wanted to keep up with the Joneses, honey, not the Jetsons. Hey, 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 hey. Look, before y'all split each other's wigs, can we have our tickets, please? Oh, sure. You lost them, didn't you? No, I did not lose them. Thank you very much. I know exactly where they are. They're in my desk, in my office, downtown. Oh. <laughs> no problem. We'll just hop on my dress rack and swing by. <laughs> Jeffrey, Mrs. Banks and I are going to swing by my office. Will's going to ride with Kathleen, uh, and you can drive the kids, so we'll meet you at the awards. Very good, sir. Boy, this is a rare treat. I get to cruise Beverly Hills in a Volvo. <laughs> Do you need a second, bro? You good? No, no, I'm good. Are you looking for your dog? 
I don't know where the hell he went. Oh, go get him. Go get him. No, he's in the room somewhere. Oh, okay. All right. As long as the thing not, is, like, I, I started packing, room. so I got bins and shit everywhere. So he's probably like in, in between the bins. Man, you're moving already. This is sad. It's going so quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, Who I packed like I, I packed like last week because I just I don't want to deal with it later. So every time I had a spare moment, I would pack. Uh, yeah. Pretty much done, but yeah. That I'm reminds just, me of my my friend Mike. He'll go on a trip, right? And he'll be packed like a week ahead. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's goals, you know? I'm not like that. But he has like, and he shows me, right? Like he takes a picture or whatever. He has like his bag all zipped up. He's got the carry-on all zipped up, fucking ready to go. I was like, damn. Me? That's awesome. I'm, uh, if the plane's leaving at 7.30 in the morning, I'm packing at 4.30. Just throw some shit in there. Let's go, you know? You but, are just uh, like your sister. Yeah. But I am pretty good at packing. Very rarely do I forget anything. So I, I don't even have to make a list of anything. I just pack enough shit in there. I always pack like extra underwear, extra socks. I just always assume the worst, right? Um, but yeah. That's, that's crazy. I, I can't do that. I, I literally pack like, I don't want to bring anything more than I have to, but I, I need the exact amount. Like I can't be under underprepared. So I don't know. Of course, it ties into the OCD gimmick, but I, I'm I'm kind of like your buddy there. Like I I pack a week before if I'm going anywhere. Yeah, I just can't stand like the last minute stuff. Not to mention Tiff usually leaves it to the last minute, so I gotta help her pack. So realistically, I'm still packing something. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've gotten better. My last couple trips, I've had my luggage ready like the night before, sometimes even two nights before. So it's really good because you know what it's like to travel, man. That last day, like you're making runs to like Shoppers Drug Mart. And that's a oh, drug yeah. store here in Canada. You're picking up, uh, you know, there's a million things you forgot. You got to feed your dog. You got to buy this. You got to buy that. You know, you gotta, if yeah. you're me, you got to leave your dog somewhere. So it's a constant, you know, crazy mad race. Like almost Home Alone style, you know, with the music. I'm packing, I'm putting the dogs away. Did I forget anything? I don't know. And this is why I always hit the bar before you go to the gate. Because <laughs> it calms me down. <laughs> it lowers the, the, the you know, your, your blood pressure a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I, I traditionally I was a nervous flyer. I've gotten a lot better, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely need that beer, maybe a little shot of Jameson before I get on the airplane and uh, and uh, get ready to go. Damn. I haven't been on a plane in a long time. Gotta yeah. do that. When's the last time you went on a trip? Man, like, oh, exactly like 10 years ago. Went to Portugal. Went to Portugal when I was 15 by myself. No way. Just said, F it. I want to get out of here. Got a plane ticket, just went there by myself. It was awesome. Reed, your parents sent you away. <laughs> yup. They couldn't wait. They were disappointed when I said I was coming back. <laughs> you will love Portugal. <laughs> You're like, maybe it. you'll like it enough, you'll stay there. What? <laughs> Dude, they live a really simple life over there. Like, I actually, like, if I didn't have so much going on and if I didn't love video games so damn much, I would stay there, you know? But, yeah. uh, it's a totally different world over there. It's cool for, it's cool to visit. It's, not it's not ideal to stay to be honest yeah so ryan you're from the uh the azores yes sir okay yeah my friend nelson went to portugal maybe five years ago and he went to uh I believe he was in lisbon right is that correct yeah and that's the, that's the city right that's yeah. the mainland yeah and he told me that uh he, he just fell in love like this guy mm -hmm. came back and he said to me i'm buying a house in portugal 
he had a hard out for Portugal for like two years. Like he wanted to buy a house, get over okay. there, settle. But the thing is, it's easy to go somewhere else and just fall in love because you've been there it's for different. three, four days and uh, you fall in love. It's another thing to live there. I'm not saying it's, it's a bad thing if you live there. I'm not saying, but it is a different experience. Oh, yeah, totally. It's one thing to go there and your dollar takes you further because it's converted four or five to one, whatever it is. Not saying that's what it is in Portugal, but I know in parts of South America, you can get really, you can go long. One dollar U.S. gets you a long way. Um, yeah, that's fine because we're working here and we're bringing our dollars or we're converting them. But if you're working over there, I mean, you better have a good job because, you know, if you do the exchange rate, yeah, it might be cheap to buy a house there. But if you're also working there, it might not be as affordable. You know what I mean? Right. No, you, you're totally right there. Like, if we were to take our money to Portugal, because they do euros, like, you got nothing. Like, the euro is so much more expensive than the dollar. Like, yeah, it's actually, like, sad. It's ridiculous. I remember I went there with money, and then when I did the currency conversion, uh it was way less than I thought it was going to be. I was like, holy crap. I actually had to get my parents to send me some money because I, I didn't have enough for the whole trip. Wow. But um, You should have called me. Didn't know you at the time. Damn. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I knew you yeah. 10 years ago, you bastard. 10 years? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure you heard of me, but we didn't really. I I'd heard rumors. <laughs> You're like, my sister's dating some asshole, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about him. No, no I've seen you from the very beginning. <laughs> But dude, when we mean? met, we were too like right now. Thirteen years is not that that bad when you're 25 and I'm 37. But when we met, right. I must have been. This is what. When did we meet? 2009, eight, 12 years ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like 26, 25, 26. Oh no! You must yeah. have been like 13, 14, 15, right around there. Yeah, totally. So how about that? How about that? I might be off with the math there. You get my drift. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. now, and you'll notice that as you get older too, before what you thought like your, your 35 year old friend, you know, uh, you don't have much in common with them, but you'll start to notice now that like once you reach like 25, 26, like you'll start, your friends will be all over the place in age and you'll oh, definitely, dude. depending on your personality, you'll either, you'll notice you have older friends or younger friends, but usually a mix of both. You're you're one of my younger friends, believe it or not. Like I'm really? friends with I'm friends with like I'm friends with forty year olds and fifty year olds, honestly. Like plus, the, like my field of work is like, you know, I, you're yeah. you're most likely to see guys that are way older than you, than way younger than you. But it's funny though, the guys at work, like the guys that are young, they kind of, they tend to stick together because they know what's <laughs> they know like the ratio of young versus old. But uh, yeah, no, it's actually. It's not a, it's not that big of an age difference, you're right. Like 25, 36, 37. It's it's whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. But I can see what you're saying. Like back when I'm like 14 and you're 25, like I'm a 25-year-old, I'm not going to hang with a 14-year-old. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like so. right now you're 25. If you met a uh, a 14-year-old right now, nicest guy in the world, I'm sure, but mm, there'd be a limit to uh, you know what I mean? Just there's too much difference in experience, too much difference in, you know what I'm saying? A 14-year-old and you are going to have two no, it's just weird. different mindsets, right? Yeah. And plus, I'm sure I would be very, like, brotherly rather than friendly. You know right. what I mean? Like, like yes. if I, like, what's a 14-year-old? Like, your your nephew Sebastian is, like, eight, Practically, nine. 
Yeah, he's you know what I mean. He's only five years. He's just five years younger than that. So it's like I can't really be friends with that. You know, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense for a twenty-five-year-old to be friends with a fourteen-year-old. It just doesn't really doesn't work unless they're like unless they're family. You know, I remember um, being in grade two, three, and I had some friends that were in grade five, six, and my mom was like, "Why you hang out with older guy?" I'm like, "Ah, "They're my they're they're my friends," you know. (laughs) <laughs> you guys are you guys are in the same class. I go, yeah, but we 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 see each other at recess and stuff like that. Because usually how it works is you have a friend in class, and they happen to have like an older brother that goes to yes. the same school, and that's how you become friends with older guys, uh, girls too. That was just my experience, right? right. But um, yeah, in his school, it was a bigger deal to hang out with somebody who's like one or two years older than you, whereas. As you get older, it doesn't even matter. One or two years, that can make a huge, huge difference. Right. But just just out of curiosity, I, I actually pulled up the uh, the currency conversion between a dollar, a Canadian dollar, and a euro. Oh yeah, tell the good people. Yeah, so a Canadian dollar translates to sixty four like cents in euro. So that's wow. That's terrible. Also, side note: our Canadian dollar is not doing that well anyway. Has it, was it ever? Like, I don't remember a time where, like, the Canadian dollar was thriving. Yeah. We were on par with the, we were on par with the U.S. What year? When was that? Uh, I was probably too young. Do you have Google open? Type in, uh, I do. Type in Canadian, uh, or best, best Canadian dollar last 10 years, whatever. Sorry for boring anybody. But the Canadian dollar (laughs) used to be on par. So you could go to the bank with $20 Canadian, they would give you $20 U.S. That is as strong as your freaking dollar could get. It's not that long ago. 2002. There you go. Yeah, so I was seven. I was seven. So I couldn't really give a damn about that. I was still playing with my Ninja Turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Will goes to the basement because he wants to grab his lucky glove. So grabs Kathleen. I don't know why Will didn't go by himself, but I guess for the sake of the story, Kathleen went with him. I just thought Will was trying to get her away so they could make out or whatever. That's that's all I was thinking. But yeah, I thought that's um, what it was, though. Right. Yeah, so okay. they go out, and the door got stuck. So they go out to the basement with Kathleen. So the story is they're all getting ready to leave to go to this award show. But um, Will goes downstairs with Kathleen. They look around some of the stuff that's down there, boxes, a couple different gimmicks, um, and stuff like that. We cut to the office where Phil procures the tickets with Vivian. So Phil had to go to his boss's office downtown and grab the tickets. That's why that explains why the family's all split up. Mm -hmm. So Vivian and uh, uh, Phil went downtown to grab the tickets. And then I think it was Jeffrey that was tasked with bringing the kids in a separate car. So Jeffrey and the kids are in a car and Will is in the basement. So three different screens going on, not screens, scenes going on at the same time. He's in the basement with Kathleen. When all of a sudden there's a giant, earthquake everything starts moving and you see everybody reacting to this will freaks out he slides under a table he's super (laughs) spooked by what happened he goes the ground moved kathleen starts kissing him to make him feel better and will says he's really not fine he's not okay so kathleen (laughs) tries to leave but the door is stuck so will starts to have a panic attack so here what's happened is um the 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 door frame has misaligned so now the door slab can't open properly that's right. that that's that door window knowledge that I have up here. So that's what happened there. That's why the door can't move. They need to call me so I can come get come get them a new uh door. Or they call me to fix it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vivian, did you see? 
Jeffrey, take it easy on the curves. It's not me, Master Carlton. It's the road. I think it's an... Daddy, get us off this freeway. Don't panic, Hillary. Yeah, I don't want to have to slap you. <laughs> Try it and you'll be singing soprano. Calm down. I'm sure traffic will be moving any minute. It was just a small tremor. Any word on Will and Kathleen? They're probably stuck in traffic as well. This freeway is backed up for miles. Okay, okay, kids. Now we're gonna stay at my office until the power comes back on. You behave yourselves. And Jeffrey. Sir? Hang in there. <laughs> so he hangs up. That's cool. I like that. Phil's checking in on the kids, which makes sense. Why would you not check in on the kids? Checks in on right. the kids. Everybody's fine. Um, we flash back to the basement and Will has made beds for the both of them. They fight over which bed, who gets which bed, because Will's made himself the comfier one. But Will lets her win, saying that he can't resist those pretty green eyes. Then he stops himself. Wait a minute. They were green. What the hell happened? And she says that she's wearing contacts. And Will <laughs> says, oh, he's fine with that. They start to make out, and Will takes off her hair by accident. The girl <laughs> turns around to have really short hair. Will apologizes for this, and she forgives him. And she says, it's okay, don't worry about it. So now she's got her hair off. Um, they start to kiss when aftershocks start to rock the room. Will slides back under the table. Hey, beat it, baby! No! It's just an aftershock! Aftershock, baby, look, I'm from Philly. Aftershock is not in my vocabulary. Wind, rain, cheesesteak, these are things I know. It's nothing, though. Would you come back over here? Mm-mm. Why not? Because every time I come near you, the ground start moving. <laughs> anyway, I'm just trying to get back to Philly where the ground stays still and the people move. What do you think so far about this, right? The minute the uh, he he noticed that her contacts were off or whatever, like that started the whole chain of like just probably the funniest sequence uh, that we've seen in the show in a while, I'd say. Like I, I was... Yeah. I was popping for that. I thought it was hilarious. As we'll know how how more uh, <laughs> ridiculous it gets. Um, you know what though? Funny how this show like one earthquake happens and suddenly like there's like high stakes and like survival. Like you really feel the tone shift in the show when it cuts to Jeffrey and Jeffrey gets the phone call from Phil, and you know eventually we cut to Phil and see what he's dealing with, and then we we see Will isn't handling this well at all like he he's having a panic attack as funny as it's being shown he's he's having a panic attack which is nothing to be you know uh to, to play off so it's cool man it's it's really it's a new layer that we haven't seen in the show yet and you know what for a for a season two you know episode one <laughs> like episode this yeah. is the right way to go because it's showing a different it's showing that the show can go and do different things and explain different scenarios than we've seen in season one. So it doesn't grow stale. So it kind of sets the tone for, okay, if, well, if they could do this for episode one, then this whole, you know, the rest of the season has to be just as interesting. They got to be doing just as, you know, many more different ideas, uh, just like this one. So I could appreciate it for that. It's, it's going really well. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job of separating all the characters using the earthquake. And I like that Phil checked in on his family. I thought that was very natural. It made sense. It would have been weird if he didn't check in on his family. Um, mm. And yeah, I enjoyed the uh, the car scenes uh, a lot in this uh, episode. A dab a do time. We'll have a good old time. 
about go away little girl <laughs> why don't we listen to the radio with all due respect jeffrey i'll pick the station let me do it i'm not listening to that well i'm not listening to that cut it out you guys you cut it out don't you talk to me I'm like that jeffrey what'd you do that for <laughs> it was either the knob or one of you <laughs> Phil enters his office with a bottle of champagne. So right now, Phil and Viv are still in, are still in his office. So Phil enters with a bottle of champagne saying, look what I found in my boss's office. Vivian <laughs> says, you should be ashamed of yourself. What brand is it? <laughs> Phil pops a bottle and plays a little slow music. I love this scene. I, I, so I like how they're just, the family's fine. Everybody's okay. Everybody's, you know what I mean? Making their way back home kind of thing. So they pop a bottle of bubbly. They got the music going. You know, this is the first time we have been alone together in weeks. <laughs> Try months. And you look ravishing by candlelight. I know. Ah. Mmm. And you smell <laughs> as appetizing as you. Philip, are you trying to put the moves on me? Yes. Is it working? Yes. Ooh. Want a belly rub? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this earthquake could have been the big one. We shouldn't argue about things that just don't matter. And I'm sorry I gave you such a hard time about the gadgets. No, I'm sorry. I get carried away with those things sometimes, baby. I'll cut back. What is that? It's my automatic pulse monitor. <laughs> it likes you. Well, honey, I hope it has a warranty. Um, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed that scene. I really like how they're kind of just making an evening or at least a moment out of their, out of their position Situation. here because they really can't go anywhere. Right. Yeah. In the basement, Will is now losing his mind. Kathleen asks for more breath mints, but Will states she ate them all, and she didn't even offer Will one. He's singing a song about his night, burying the girlfriend for not having a real body. Will and Kathleen have a fight, with Will unable to open a can of juice. Will asks Kathleen to use her nails, and she proceeds to snap off all of her nails one by one. She puts them in Will's hand, and she goes, you do it. This gets a huge raucous pop from the crowd. Um, oh, at this point, Phil and Vivian arrive at the house and they can hear screaming. So um, they go downstairs to the basement. In the basement, Will and Kathleen keep fighting with both of them. Um, they're happy the earthquake happened since they could each see what the other one really is. They fight some more and they agree that they both had their signals crossed and they that they moved a little bit too fast. Kathleen tries to give Will his ring back. She goes, it must have cost you a lot of money. Will says, mm -mm, trust me, it didn't. So there you go. <laughs> Phil and Viv bust in at this point. Viv gives Will a big hug, and she asks where Kathleen went. Not recognizing Kathleen without her hair, they double-check with Will that nothing happened, right? Will explains that the only thing that happened is that they were able to see each other clearly for better or worse. Will says they were right. 
and he says that he's going upstairs to call his mom. Phil and Vivian completely are shocked. Like, did did Will just put down his sword? Uh, yeah. Phil's wondering if maybe something in the earthquake forced Will to get uh, hit in the head by something. Um, so Phil and Viv not necessarily win here, but Will kind of, um, I guess, tells them that they were correct. And the end, uh, Will gives it to uh, to Phil and Viv here. So interesting way to finish the episode, but it was a yeah. nice way. And I don't think this episode could have finished any other way. What did you think about the ending here, Ryan? Uh, you know what? I like that that Will put away the sword, like you said. Like he, it's just it's just not no time for fighting back. Like you know what? Yeah, it is what it is. And uh, you know, just admit defeat. Admit it. You know, look at the bigger picture. Everyone's okay. And um. It was a cool finish. The finish is funny too because it's just it's it, this would never finish given other circumstances. Like Will never goes down without a fight. Will never goes down without explaining his side or anything. You know what I mean? Something like that. But um, yeah, that's what I thought of the ending. Uh, I, I don't think you know what's funny. Something about this episode is just not clicking with me, and I don't know what it is. I can't stop talking good about it, but it's also like now we're at the end here, and I'm like. I don't know why I don't like it as much as you. Interesting. Um, well, I thought that uh, I thought that Will's girlfriend, despite having all the fake stuff, she just wasn't very likable either. She yeah, just she had just this, seemed. Yeah. She wasn't very likable. Because um, even the mean girls that Will's dated, they've at least had a little bit of charm to them. You know what I mean? Right. There's a method to their madness. Um, but this chick just had nothing redeeming about her in my opinion um and i think so i know why. to have her start off as will's girlfriend i was like dang okay i think that's why though because every other girl we see how will gets them at first you know like we we see how charming they can be in the beginning we've seen like the good side of them before you know things eventually hit the fan whereas in this episode this girl is just the episode starts and that's will's girlfriend so we don't really like for lack of a better like way to put it we don't see her win over will's heart or anything like that like she doesn't because if she wins will over she also wins the audience over like that's just like how we are we want to get behind the main character so we never saw that so it's like to us it makes no difference whether she stays or goes because she never really made an impact on the audience in the first place um I think that's what it is because I can't think of any other way that like I bet if the episode started and it was like the thing is they couldn't make like a three minute opener where Will finds this girl and you know makes her his girlfriend and then they go through this earthquake thing like it's just impossible to to do like a really engaging story like that without you know sacrificing time but if there was an episode let's just say this was a two-parter where it began and it showed like how lovey-dovey these two can be and then whatever at the end of the episode they're they're like just so in love everything went well whatever the hell happened and then you know this episode happens where they're gonna go see um the uh the choice awards it's cool like it's it would be a lot better and i think i'd like the episode a lot more but i just feel like it's just this episode starts and it throws so much new in your face so fast that i just kind of get overwhelmed but that's just me i mean you might like it other people might like it but it's just it's like what the hell happened between the last episode of season one and the first episode of season two it just right it just it just gets me it just really gets me well i remember in last season remember we said this we said 
we almost felt like they ran out of steam for the last few episodes and they were just yeah. writing these repetitive kind of stories. Um, right. And it happens. The Oasis effect, right? Like you save up your entire life. You have like your 12 best songs, right? Right. And you put the 12 best songs out. It's the same thing when it comes to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Especially back then, knowing now what we know now that it wasn't exactly all everything golden. Sunshine you know, there's issues with Will's acting. There was issues with um, the actor actors in the show um, with respect to getting used to each other. So a lot of growing pains, I'm sure, that went through season one. Um, so now we're seeing it again, season two. So we're hopefully going to be able to watch the characters get a little bit more, or at least increase the chemistry between all the characters. Everything's going to seem a little bit more natural. Um, and I thought this episode did that, but this is a lot of stuff to throw into one 22 minute slot. Right. Yeah, totally. All right. Let's get into the final thoughts. This one's from fandom. This episode is reference in, uh, M is for the many things she gave me in season four. No idea what that episode is, but I'm sure we'll find out in a couple seasons. Um, <laughs> ABC family skips this episode for unknown reasons. Hmm. Okay. Why? I don't know. Okay, Syndication. Yeah. <laughs> Syndication cuts this. Maybe, well, maybe, maybe too much making out. Maybe oh, too much making on. out. Really? You well, they make so? out. They make out in the backyard dinner. They make out in the basement twice. Well, that's kind of it. Oh, maybe it was the. Maybe it's the button scene. Yeah, or maybe because it's family, they think like uh, the earthquake might be a little bit too traumatic for like little kids to watch, kind of thing. Yeah, I guess but, it's a bunch of shit. I don't know. Whatever. ABC family, suck it. They skipped a season for no reasons, <laughs> and we don't care. Syndication cuts the scene where Ashley is singing in the car. That's when she's singing the Flintstone song. I thought right. that was fine. That is when they change the scenery in the Banks house to begins with this episode. So we have the living room has been done up as well as the kitchen has been done up as well from what we're able to see so far. Um, also from fandom... Yeah, so this is again, this is the first episode to show the new sets of the larger kitchen and living room with more spaces. The feel and characters are more informal. The first season had an 80s type vibe to it, but this season is more 90s. So I'm guessing we're pulling away from the camera. We're putting more characters in at the same time. Less right. with the tightness of the shots because your, your sets are a lot bigger now. So you're able to do that. Um, and this was cool. I saw this one from a, on IMDb from a random user. When Phil and Vivian are in Phil's office, and if the earthquake knocked out all the power, then how can he turn on the stereo? Oh, oh no. So here's what I think. Earthwind and Meyer, they have a backup generator at the office that clicks in, right? Because you gotta be, if you're working at a law firm, you gotta have power 24-7, you know what I'm saying? So um, I think yeah, there's a, a power you know backup. What? That's, yeah, that's believable. Like some kind of backup power where, you know, in case of emergencies for stuff like this, it turns on. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why it would just turn on the stereo and not the lights, but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> sir, where should we designate the power? Make sure it all goes to stereo. You got it, Make sir. sure the music happens. Make sure the yeah, music, the music is most important. <laughs> sir, what about the emergency doors? Should they be locked or unlocked? Oh, I don't care. Keep them locked. Yeah. Keep them locked so everyone can there hear the go. music. That's yes. Awesome. So that's what I thought. Uh, that's what I thought about the. Uh, well, those are the trivia facts and goofs. That last one, yeah, it's, it's kind of a goof, I suppose. But sometimes that one didn't even bother me that much. But I can see why somebody would be like, "Hey, wait a minute." Supposedly there's that no was, power, right? That's that's really thinking about it, though. Like, I, I would never have turned it, turned an eye to that. Right. 
I tell you what, yeah. though, this is one of the reasons why people suggest that you keep a family phone, a home phone. You know why, right? Why? If the cell phone towers go down, you don't have any phone, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Right. If power goes down, you might still have your cell phone. If power right. goes down in your house, your phone will still work. If you have a traditional phone that's hooked up to your phone line, you're not going to be able to right. see call display or any of that. But if you just put in a right plug in a regular phone, you should be able to get a dial tone and dial out. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. What did you have any uh, additional feedback to add uh, so far? Anything I've said right now about the trivia or anything you want to add about this episode at this point before we get to the uh, final thoughts and ratings later? Um. I want to, uh, yeah, you know what, the, uh, from the trivia, the, uh, cause this is the, it says that this is the first time we see the, uh, the new layout of the house. I, I just wanted to chime in on that. I think it's cool. Like I, I always, when I think of the Fresh Prince, I do think of the kitchen always looking like that. Despite like season one being like one of my most watched, uh, seasons of the show. I always think of that kitchen in the way that it's presented here. And, uh, it will work to the show's benefit. Like you can get so many people in that shot. You can make really cool shots with the, you know, people eating and then someone coming in from behind from outside like there's like there's just a lot they could do so this is a really really smart change but uh yeah i just wanted to give my two cents on that i didn't i didn't really get to speak on it before cool yeah but uh so we got a new segment here oh. <laughs> chris chris what is your zinger of the show the zinger of the show oh man so the zinger of the show is going to be an award that i give out every episode and it's going to be for the, I guess, the best line or, or the line that I feel got the best reaction. And this episode is very simple. It's what Hillary says. That food smells terrible. I feel like I'm sitting in coach. <laughs> That's the best line. Oh, they, the, the line is vicious, but also the crowd reaction is really, really good. And um, we're going to play it for you guys right now. Ryan, my brother, let's go to you right now. What did you think of this episode? Give us a rating and give us a couple of uh, bullet points, uh, what you thought about the show overall. Yeah, so I'm going to give it six grown men hugging teddy bears out of ten. Uh, that's that's so interesting. Um, that that will never be a rating anywhere else, ladies and gentlemen. That is only here at Podcast <laughs> Fresh. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> but uh, no, I thought the episode... Man, I don't know. It's just, it tried to be different and I'll give it that. It was different. It, it introduced a real life, you know, traumatic situation. It introduced a pretty real like scenario between all the characters where you could be stuck on, in an office building. You could be stuck in a basement. You could be stuck in your car. It was cool. The earthquake angle is what kind of makes this show. But like I asked Chris in the beginning, if you take the earthquake out, this show is just another filler. And it sucks to say that because it's the first episode of the second season. You want to make more of an impact, in my opinion, than what this did. The only reason you'd remember this is because this is the earthquake episode. There's no other reason why you'd remember this. You're not going to remember it because Hillary said the zinger line about the coach. You're not going to remember it because Will is having, um, you know, he's having, he has a relationship now where the girl is like, you know, all her, her accessories are falling out. Like it's just another typical funny day in Will Smith's life without this earthquake. So it's like, man, I don't know. It just doesn't grab me. Like I can praise it for what it does, but I can't really right. recommend it to anybody. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this is what you should watch if you want to get into the Fresh Prince. So it's not a terrible episode. Like I could still find things to be happy about uh, when I watch it, but 
you know, six out of 10 for me. Cool. Not a problem. Um, yeah, I'll touch on something that you said. Um, I gave this one seven grown men hugging teddy bears out of 10. Um, I'll just read what I have here verbatim and then I'll add some thoughts. I enjoyed the scene where Phil and Vivian are drinking the champagne. Said that already. Will annoyed. Oh yeah, that's right. Will annoyed me more than anything being all of a sudden this claustrophobe and oh, afraid of the earthquake and everything. But then I started thinking about it and in West Philly, I don't think you get any earthquakes there. <laughs> I don't think you get anything <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah, you know, no. Philly, New York, Boston, those cities are all very similar to, to Toronto in terms of location. They're not known things for like that. that, yeah. We're not yeah. known for uh, earthquakes. I mean, we have had a couple here in Canada. We have had some tremors and things like that. But generally speaking, uh, if you ever want to avoid earthquakes, you move to Canada or you can live on the northeast coast as well. I mean, I don't, you don't get very many earthquakes there as you do on the west coast. But um, mm. So I give him a pass on that. But he was just so extra as being this claustrophobe. Oh, my God. Um, and his fighting with his girlfriend was also really annoying. I'm like, oh, man. If I want to see two kids fight, you know what I'm saying? I mostly feel <laughs> this way because the car scenes with Jeffrey and the kids and the scenes with Vivian and Phil, because we're cutting back and back and back and forth, back and forth. It right. shows that the families were dealing with the earthquake, whereas when it switched to Will and Kathleen, the mood change was really sharp, and I found myself just being annoyed with them. And I wanted right. to learn – I wanted to go back to the Phil and Viv scenes, or I wanted to see what the kids and Jeffrey were up to, even though they're stuck in traffic. Um, but I enjoyed this episode because a gimmick such as an earthquake is always going to be memorable. Exactly what you just said. You take that out, I might give this episode a five or a six, but the earthquake does make it memorable. The characters um, were written pretty well considering they were all separate. That's not usually an easy thing to do. Sometimes it is, but um, you had this new character in there, Kathleen, which I don't know if she sticks around or not. I don't think so. Um, but the last thing I put here is I don't think I've ever seen this episode before. But as an episode one for season two, I thought it did its job for the most part. Is it the most memorable episode? No. But because it is an earthquake episode and it is episode one, it is, in my opinion, a little more memorable than a standard by the numbers episode. So for that one, I will give this one seven grown men hugging teddy bears out of ten. I don't know. I don't agree with you. A story of an actor who had died while he was 
All right, everybody, we have eased your ears with some fine music, but now we're going to bring you back into the main course of the show. Well, I mean, the show, the whole show is the main course. Never mind. Uh, Chris, let me ask you a question. Yeah. How does it feel to always be wrong? I don't know. I'm usually <laughs> right. I'm rarely no, you wrong. You can't turn that on me. You cannot turn that on me. <laughs> Seven out of ten for that last one. I do not believe it. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Maybe at the Freshies for season two, I'll change it again. We'll see. The Freshies. We're already thinking about season two Freshies. Damn. Season two Freshies. Freshies, you know, Freshies one went amazing. I love that episode. Yeah, I'm still, uh, I'm still waiting on Alfonso Rivera. I saw him in the hallway and um, <laughs> he started doing the Carlton dance and actually spilled some of his margarita on my uh, pants. Yeah, he does that sometimes. So you know, it's in it's in it's in the it's in the uh, dry cleaners right now, but it's forty bucks, man. I got forty bucks to get those pants up. So Alfonso Rivera, where are you? <laughs> Hit me up with forty bucks. Come on, man. I need to get those pants out of there. Oh man, you know who never has forty bucks? Jazz. That's right. That's right. I asked him for forty <laughs> bucks. He said he didn't have any, so I threw him out of the award show. He's tremendous. Just like yeah. Phil did. Yeah, uh, I don't know how Jazz right. got. I don't know how Jazz got in because he didn't have a ticket. But he's the only guy that made money tonight. Well, him and uh, and Jeffrey. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Those gamblers. Anyway, fun banter. We'll save this for freshies too. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get back to the show. 
next episode season two episode two the episode titled the mother of all battles the original air date was september 16th 1991 so we begin with will walking in through the back door from school into the kitchen as part of that you know part of that new setup for the house he's he's frustrated and explains to Anviv that it took him 45 minutes to get home from school even though it's only three kilometers away he blames he blames carlton's driving carlton enters through the door and says look the fact i'm safety conscious does not mean that i drive like a little old man then will tells him carlton please george burns flipped you the bird (laughs) and carlton says he was waving and has arthritis and walks away that is so (laughs) a dumbass like reason uh, Will tells Vivian, you know, at least you have two other kids that are normal. At that moment, though, Hillary comes in upset and tells him that she's been stabbed in the back. When asked what's wrong, Hillary says that her friend, Francesca, asked her to be a bridesmaid at her wedding. Will, like at this moment, just jokingly just mocks her saying, there's like no God, okay? <laughs> he says it like Hillary. It's so good. Uh, Hillary then explains that she's in charge of taking care of the rice that they throw when they leave the church. She then follows that up with saying, like, I'm going to learn how to cook just for her wedding and leaves. <laughs> Ridiculous. Emily, or uh, Emily. Hillary cannot be this dumb. Uh, Will, then tells Vi- Will then tells Vivian, don't feel bad. At least you have one normal daughter. And then, of course, the last kid, Ashley, walks in. She kicks a chair, throws her bags, drinks milk out of a carton, and just chomps down on a chicken leg. Will, tell, Will tells Vivian, um, Viv, it's about time you started feeling bad. Intro right. credits. What do you think of that opening? Uh, you know, I didn't think too much of it. It kind of started the way uh, episode one did, you know, just uh, in the kitchen, introduce all the characters. Nothing really here. Just uh, obviously the comedy is she keeps saying how all her kids are normal and they're all out of their minds. You're just not normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's fun. Yeah, I will say this is exactly like me. Like, uh, in my opinion, just the same as yours. It's not grabbing me again. Like this intro is kind of like the last one where it's just. I don't know what it's yeah. setting up, but it's not really doing a good job of making me curious. But it is what it is. All right. After the credits, we go back to the show. We see Ashley warming up a thermometer against a light bulb to make it really hot. She's obviously trying to fake sick. She gets found out right away by her parents. They ask her what's wrong. She blames it on a test that she isn't ready for tomorrow. Phil tells her to go to, to Phil tells her to go study uh, till bedtime, and that she just gives the best uh, the best effort that she can for the test. Um, at this point, it's like I b- I believe that you know. I tried to fake sick many times when I had a test coming up and I just wasn't prepared. (laughs) Uh, Will then goes up to... Oh, you did it too. Oh my God. I'm telling your mom. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Will Will then goes up to visit Ashley in her room. He tells her that if she wanted better results, she would have warmed up the thermometer near a 60 watt light bulb, not a 100 watt light bulb. Right. Ashley then comes clean and tells Will what's really going on. Ashley, what is wrong with you? Playing sick by putting a thermometer over a 100-watt light bulb is not the way to solve your problems. The key is a 60-watt light bulb. (laughs) Thanks, Will. But what I really need to know is how to kick someone's butt. Oh, word up, Carlton. Getting on your nerves, too? It's not Carlton. It's this girl, Paula Hoover. If I don't give her my lunch, she hits me. And tomorrow at 3 o'clock, she's going to beat me up whether I feed her or not. 
Well, I happen to know she ain't gonna be beating you up. Why? Did she die? No, no, no. I'm gonna teach you how to defend yourself. Get up, girl. Come on. All right, look. Step one, you gotta learn how to take somebody's heart, right? In the old days, they used to call it selling wolf tickets. She won't buy anything from me, Will. No, no, no. See, a wolf ticket is like a threat. See, right? It's all in your attitude. It's like, say, man! Hey! You don't get out of my face, man. I'm gonna hit you so hard, your grandpa's gonna get a lump. I will hit you so hard, it will bruise your great grandfather badly. <laughs> that would be great if you were rumbling Princess Die. No, 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 let's try it like this. <clears throat> say, man! I'm gonna hit you so hard, you're gonna land in another zip code. I'm going to hit you so hard, you're going to land another zip code. Moving on. Look, the next step is full-scale psychological warfare, right? You gotta act like you got this tick, right? Like the army did this experiment on you, right? That just went terribly wrong. You're like, back up! Back up! Mind your business, that's all. Mind your business. What the heck is going on here? Hey, sorry, man. Homegirl said she was a vanilla ice fan. I kind of lost my head. You expect me to believe that? Everybody likes vanilla ice. Now, what's really going on? After Will tries to help Ashley, Carlton walks in and asks, what the hell is going on? He finds out that Will is teaching Ashley how to fight against her bully at school. Carlton then tells Will that he should be ashamed of himself and that violence only brings on more violence. He then says, as long as you pay them promptly, they leave you alone. Right. Amazing. Ashley says she's actually been paying, but she won't leave her alone anyway. Carlton then says that they must find common ground. He says, remember, we must never negotiate out of fear, but we must never fear to negotiate. John F. Kennedy. And then Will comes in, but never forget, Mama said, knock you out. LL Cool J. <laughs> that got a good quote of the too. show. Quote of the show. I love that shit. That was awesome. Yeah, Mama uh, said, knock you out. What year is that? 1990? 1991? That's about right, eh? Uh, man. Was it? I, f- I feel like. It was like 89, but I think it came out like 1991. Mm, I don't know. Mama said, knock you out. Uh, 1990, there you go. 1990, that's right. Mm-hmm. Like 1990. Always oh, awesome. He's good. Very underrated when it comes to talking about the legends. Very underrated, but whenever you see like, like a top 100 list, people get mad when he's like top 20. But he kind of right. is. Like if you look back, he's pound for pound an excellent lyricist, amazing MC. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. He he traded his career for Hollywood. You know, very early on when he started making by ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, he's already making Deep Blue Sea and all that shit. That's the one where right. he, he kills a shark at the end with the crucifix. Yeah. yeah spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, he's a chef. Uh, but I, you know, I like it all cool. Um, I love his lyrics. I mean, he just he just brings a. He's able to mix like being a ladies' man with kind of having a little bit more of an aggressive style as well. 
He's got an edge, yeah. No, yeah, same reason why I'd like him. Um, in terms of the episode, what do you think so far? Kind of don't really know where we're going. Um, right. Some kind of uh, it's kind of an extension of the first episode where it's just the characters are coming in, they're getting their one liners in, and we're gonna see where we're going with this one. Mm. Okay. Uh, the next day at school, we see Ashley waiting for her bully, Paula, but she appears to be late. Ashley starts trash-talking her, saying she would whip her hiney and mop the floor with her. Of course, like any other classic scenario like this, Paula is right behind her, taps her on the shoulder, and she heard everything that uh, Ashley said. Paula asks her, are you ready? And we see just how much of Will's teachings Ashley absorbed. I don't blame her. I'd whip her booty. I'd wax her tail. I'd kick her hiney. Oh. Hi, Paula. Nice shoes. Are you ready? Oh, okay. But it's only fair I warn you. I'm gonna hit you so hard, your grandpa's gonna be great in another area code. <laughs> or something. My cousin Ashley. What a nice surprise. I should have known you calling reinforcements, Banks. And you must be the spawn of Satan. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a coincidence, Paula. Honest. Ashley! Isn't this a nice surprise? Well, what are you doing here, man? I'm her brother. Shh. You want to humiliate the girl? <laughs> Do you guys mind? Um, I'm beating someone else up at four. <laughs> Listen, Paula. The great Martin Luther King taught us that violence is never the way. We must rise above hate and mend our differences through perseverance and love. <laughs> Thank you for helping me prove my point. Look, I will turn the other cheek. You're running a little low on cheeks there, huh, bro? You cannot make me angry, Paula. Because if I surrender to anger, I have surrendered my very independence. You know, Paula, even the great Martin Luther King probably drew the line somewhere. And it was probably somewhere around that region you were just aiming. Girlfriend, we need to talk. Yeah, so in an interesting turn of events, Will and Carlton showing up to Ashley's aid only for Carlton to get completely smacked around and Will getting completely hustled. Back at the bank's residence, we see all of Francesca's bridesmaids looking and picking out the bridesmaids' dresses. Hillary comes clean to her and says that the dresses are just an abomination. Francesca tells her, or yeah, Francesca tells Hillary that she hasn't agreed about one thing with her when it comes to the wedding. Hillary then says, well, I agreed that you should wear white, and I think we all know that's a stretch. And it's it's so vicious. The camera pans to, to like everybody in that room, and it's just the audience is just like, oh my god. And it goes back to Francesca, and she actually she agrees with the burn, and like she asks Hillary for help. I thought that was just yeah. okay, sure. Uh, Hillary, of course, has an entire presentation planned out, like right at that moment. She gets her projector, she starts playing it on the wall of uh, potential dresses. Yeah, she goes, uh, Jeffrey, hit the lights. As if she yeah. didn't have this whole presentation ready to go, right? She was going to show it regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, in the kitchen, Will runs in from playing basketball and sees that Aunt Viv is on the phone. 
turns out it's Ashley's principal who informs her that Ashley hasn't been at school for the last three days. Oh man, if that was me, I'd get a whooping. Well, there must be some mistake. Are you certain? Boom! Thank you. I, I appreciate the call. I cannot believe this. Is everything all right, Mom? Yeah, what's up? Well, that was Ashley's principal. He said Ashley hasn't been to school for the last three days. So we're now in the living room. Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil are preparing for the arrival of Paula and her parents. Uh, this was decided that the whole, you know, the two parties should parley and uh, <laughs> talk about their differences, so to speak. Uh, Will walks downstairs screaming, let's get ready to rumble. Like, Will, you know, it's funny. Will has been the advocate to for this not to happen. Right. He does not believe that they should settle it like this. So it's kind of funny. He's just mocking uh, Uncle Phil the whole time about how they're going to end up in a fight. And he's just like, oh, Will, come on, relax. We're just going to talk like adults, whatever. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, in walks Jeffrey to announce the arrival of Dr. and Mrs. Norbert Hoover, along with Paula. Jeffrey takes Paula into the kitchen for some cookies. And of course, Ashley is there. Jeffrey leaves them alone because he needs to go serve wine to the guests. Vivian asks Dr. Hoover what kind of doctor he is, to which he replied with, child psychiatrist. It turns out that Paula has been telling her parents also that Ashley is actually the one doing the bullying, not Paula. Cam, like, pan the camera to Vivian and Philip, and they're just, their eyes come out of their head. They're like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Cut to the kitchen. Ashley asks Paula why she specifically picks on her and not anyone else. And it turns out that Ashley cut in while Paula was dancing with a boy at a school dance. Long story short, Ashley didn't mean to. She was dancing with a guy that liked Paula. Paula was dancing with a guy that liked Ashley. And I don't know what happened, but Ashley kind of got in the way. Paula took offense to that and thought that Ashley was just cutting in on the man. And that's what led this whole bullying story, which is just, okay, sure. It's kitty stuff, I suppose. Mm. What do you think? Very childish. I thought that, um, I don't know, I'm just over this kind of storytelling with it, you know. Uh, you know. Um, I didn't like how, uh, how easy the bully gets forgiven at the end of this. Like, yeah, it's okay. We're friends now. What? You know what I mean? Yeah. And we'll get to that 100%. I don't get that. But, um, yeah, no, it you know, it is what it is. Right. They agree to be friends after everything is explained, and they put everything behind them. Paula gets up and gives Ashley a hug. This moment's awesome, though. Will walks in at that moment and thinks Paula is choking Ashley, so he's like, no! And he goes, he gets her off and puts her in a full Nelson. It's just why. <laughs> yeah, both of the girls kind of become friends, and then the, uh, uh, what's the girl's name, the bully, Paula? Pa she Paula, kind of, yeah. uh, she goes to hug, but she's so much taller than... Then uh, Ashley, so when she goes to hug her, from Will's angle, it looks like she's being put on a headlock. She's giving her like <laughs> so a Will choke. Comes yeah. in, oh! <laughs> that was pretty silly. <laughs> he puts her yeah. in a full Nelson. That's a full Nelson. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. So a Ashley's like begging Will to stop, and and he just won't do it. And then she's like, "No, Will, seriously, like we're friends now." And then he says, "Oh, you sure you don't want to get a couple sucker punches in though?" <laughs> 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 so good. Uh, we then cut back to the living room with all the parents. Oh my God, words cannot explain. Um, Paula this. is wonderful. She's really, really adorable. <laughs> but we are very concerned that she and Ashley do not seem to be getting along. We know. 
Dr. Hoover and I had a long talk with Paul after you called. Apparently, Ashley has been quite ruthless with her. Well, you can't seriously think it's Ashley's fault. Oh, it's understandable. She's probably just self-conscious about that tick. <laughs> I'd be happy to prescribe something. But you don't beat up everybody. Why do you just pick on me? Larry Wells, you cut in when I was dancing with him after the game? No, no, I didn't want to cut in. Hey, I was dancing with Brad Nelson, but he wanted to dance with you, so I was stuck with that guy. I never even knew his name. Really? Brad likes me? Yeah. Wow. If I'd known, I never would have beat up his sister. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> so, you want to be friends? As long as you're not after Larry Wells. Larry who? Okay. We're friends. No! <laughs> Will! Will, don't! Don't! We're, we're friends now. Oh. Sure you want to get a couple sucker punches in? Your daughter suffers from displaced aggression syndrome. Oh, well, Dr. Hooper, I'm afraid I would have to get a second opinion before I could believe that. Oh, it's definitely displaced aggression syndrome. <laughs> Let me put it in simpler terms. This is where a child acts out the repressed hostility of an unhappy home. And what is that supposed to mean? Oh, too many big words. <laughs> no, Miss Thing, but I got a couple of small words for you. Maybe. Good news, people. The girls. Obviously, your wife is upset. It's common with women in midlife. I'd be happy to prescribe something. <laughs> Dr. Hoover, the school where you got your degree, you find it on the back of a matchbook. <laughs> please, my humble brothers, please. Penn yes. State, my brother. Really? Good school. I was thinking of going there if my scholarship to Princeton, Yale, Wharton, and Talladega Tech had fallen through. <laughs> Impressive. You must have been quite an athlete in your thinner days. Okay, time out. Okay, time hey, out. Hey, let's stick to the topic, okay? Fine. Speaking as a doctor, I think your daughter ought to be heavily sedated and immediately institutionalized. Well, speaking as a lawyer, I can only say that your daughter suits the criminal profile to a T. Right down to the low sloping forehead and the wide jaw suitable for grains and small rodents. I think you must have her confused with your mama. You know, I'd be happy to prescribe something for that. Boom! Punch yeah. him, punched him out. Awesome. Straight yeah, up a really punch. good scene. That it was like the best scene, scene of the show. It kind of makes the best episode. Scene of the show. Yeah, right. yeah, not that there's much here, but yeah, it makes the, it makes the episode for sure. Right. Yeah, so... Like you guys heard, Phil punches Dr. Hoover. Really uncharacteristic, but I'm very happy for the man. Uh, <laughs> later on, we see Vivian give Phil a bucket filled with ice so that he can rest his hand in. Hillary walks in pretty upset. She obviously missed everything that happened because she's dealing with her bridesmaid situation. Yeah. She says that being jilted at the altar is the worst thing that can happen to a woman. And Aunt Viv says, Francesca was jilted? And Hillary says, no, I got jilted. She put in so much hard work into the new bridesmaid's dresses, and Francesca decided to elope instead. She runs upstairs really upset. 
That's awesome. Carlton says to Philip, Dad, it has to be said, what you did tonight was wrong. And Will actually agrees. He catches, he's caught off guard by agreeing with Carlton, but he agrees. They both think that, um, you know, they, they, it's cool. They're smart enough to know that, you know, any violence is, is just a big no. And it's cool that they acknowledge that. What you did tonight was wrong. All right, I agree with Carlton. Who said that? <laughs> I thought you said that's how you settle disputes in your old neighborhood. No, 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 no. See, in my neighborhood, we got this sacred code. It's like my bro ski. Whatever you want to do, bro ham on the left or the right, we can do that all night. But all that old yakety yak jawbone you kicking in the middle, man, you can stop that because I ain't down with that. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> no. Me neither. That's why it's so sacred. <laughs> the point is... I was wrong. I lost control. Ashley? Maybe. In the future, I hope you'll do what I say and not what I did. Now, even though it felt good hitting that jerk tonight, <laughs> really, really good, I was wrong. Sometimes what feels good is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Everything that feels good is wrong. Everything. Do you understand me? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, let's get right into the trivia facts and goofs. Uh, Dr. Hoover is played by John Wesley. About a year later, Wesley appeared in the Baywatch episode, Baywatch Showdown at Malibu Beach High in 1992, as an unnamed police captain. Another character implied to have been punched in the face. So this guy just made a career of getting punched in the face, it seems right. like. Uh, Will and Carlton, uh, for the first time, go to Ashley's school. Um, I, they've never been seen there. This is the first time that it's happening. I don't remember if we ever seen Ashley in school, period. I'm not sure if you can remember, but nothing comes sure. to my mind. And uh, the last one I have here, Philip punches Dr. Huber for... For ignoring the truth about his daughter, which causes him to lose control of his temper. Now, this was this right here was actually from an IMDb, uh, IMDb user. He, this is kind of like a, I guess, an opinion rather than a trivia fact. But I just thought like it was a good. It, it, it's an interesting talking point. Do you think like this is kind of just Phil got really mad because he knows, like maybe he suspects that his daughter had a hand in any of this. So he just ignored it by punching or what? I don't know. I thought it was an interesting take. No, I don't think he should have punched Dr. Hoover, but I don't think that he was doubting his own daughter. Otherwise, he would have. Obviously, somebody's lying because the, the both parents won't admit that it's one or the other, right? The bully's right. blaming Ashley. Ashley's blaming the bully. So somewhere in there, the truth is there. Um, but I don't think our parents always give their children the benefit of the doubt, no matter what. No matter what, right? Even when yeah. even when kids like murder, you know the parents will always st will usually stick by them, right? Depending on the situation, but you often see that. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I don't really put that much thought into that. Yeah, uh, I thought it was a cool talking point. Yeah, but I agree with what you're saying. Uh, in terms of goofs, we have one goof. When Paula knees Carlton in the groin in that really funny clip, she if you really look closely, she clearly doesn't make any contact. It's all effects. It's all sound effects and Carlton's reaction. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a stupid goof because, yeah, you're obviously not going to hurt somebody. I mean, it, it's a given. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's a given. Yeah. But I guess what the goof is, it just should have, it should have hit it better. Yeah. Right. But uh, anyway, that's it for 
Trivia facts and goofs. Chris, give me your zinger of the episode. Zinger of the episode. This is a good episode for zingers. Um, there's four, and I ended up choosing a winner. I like the one where uh, Will makes a joke that Carlton's adopted. That, that was funny. Um, <laughs> Will Will also does a vanilla ice disc that gets a pretty good reaction from the crowd. And then Hillary says, we have all agreed you should wear white. That's And that's a stretch. That was awesome. But I give that the winner brutal. to Phil and Viv versus the Bully's parents. The episode ends in a tag team match with uh, husband and wife versus husband and wife. <laughs> I love how it builds to a little crescendo. They all start slapping each other and punching each other just by using words. And then literally Phil punches out Dr. Hoover. So there you go. I thought that was a really good zinger. And here it is right here. Your daughter suffers from displaced aggression syndrome. Oh, well, Dr. Hooper, I'm afraid I would have to get a second opinion before I could believe that. Oh, it's definitely displaced aggression syndrome. <laughs> Let me put it in simpler terms. This is where a child acts out the repressed hostility of an unhappy home. And what is that supposed to mean? Oh, too many big words. <laughs> no, Miss Thing, but I got a couple of small words for you. Maybe. Good news, people. The girls. Obviously, your wife is upset. It's common with women in midlife. I'd be happy to prescribe something. <laughs> Dr. Hoover, the school where you got your degree, you find it on the back of a matchbook. <laughs> please, my humble brothers, please. Penn yes. State, my brother. Really? Good school. I was thinking of going there if my scholarship to Princeton, Yale, Wharton, and Talladega Tech had fallen through. <laughs> Impressive. You must have been quite an athlete in your thinner days. Okay, time out. Okay, time hey, out. Hey, let's stick to the topic, okay? Fine. Speaking as a doctor, I think your daughter ought to be heavily sedated and immediately institutionalized. Well, speaking as a lawyer, I can only say that your daughter suits the criminal profile to a T. Right down to the low sloping forehead and the wide jaw suitable for grains and small rodents. I think you must have a confused with your mama. No, I'd be happy to prescribe something for that. Oh man, that's amazing. Best part of the episode. Chris, give me your final thoughts and your rating for this show. Aside from the insults, uh, sort of a by-the-numbers episode to see where the parents are assaulting each other is tremendous. But other than that, there's nothing really here. The bully that becomes friends with Ashley, that's kind of silly. Six crazy ticks out of ten. Mm. Very short review too. Damn, that's that's cool. Uh yeah, no, I kind of um I agree with all that. It just uh, again didn't grab me. Uh I kind of wish that all these Ashley centered episodes are more it always involves and I get it, it's because of her age, but it always involves something to do that that's happening at school. And I get it. That's a kid's life, is the majority of it is, you know, it's a school thing. I have yeah. a little sister. I know how this is. But uh, I wish they would do, you know, something else. Like, now it's a bully. I, I don't see I don't see Ashley as the type to get bullied. I really don't. Um, Carlton, maybe, but not Ashley. Uh, so, it's just, it's not believable right from the get-go. And then they try to say that the whole reason she got bullied is because she, like, inter- intervened in a dance that Paula was having with a guy. It's like, okay, fine. But I don't think that would result in, like, 
Ashley getting bullied by that same girl. Like there has to be like if they're at a dance and they both have guys, that means they're probably part of like a pretty popular social circle. So I don't see how it's just them two against each other with no one else involved. It's just the whole situation isn't really believable right from the get go. So it's 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 a hard sell for me. I can't buy it. Um, the 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 scene at the end where the parents are insulting each other that is what saves the whole episode. But again. If that wasn't in this episode, this episode would be so forgettable. Like, this is literally just like the first episode, except instead of an earthquake, there's a scene at the end where the parents are, like, tag team matching, and Phil punches someone, which he's never done before. Right. So, I, so, like, if you want to see Uncle oh Phil gosh. punch some dude, this is what you watch. But if you don't care about that, then you don't really watch this. You you watch, a you know, a better episode in the, in the series. So... That's my pipe bomb. Uh, I'm going to give it 5 out of 10 crazy ticks. Didn't really like it. Dang. So far, the lowest scoring episode of season 2. But it's only the second episode. So hopefully that's, you know, that's the lowest that it goes and it just goes up from here. Yeah. There are some good episodes coming up. But uh, yeah. No, yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah, I'm surprised you're not impressed by it. I always tend to be the... Uh, I always tend, I always tend to, to be the one that like, well, we'll give it the better for that. I always tend to give it like one more than you. But I swear, I don't do that on purpose because, you know me, I usually will put my score first and then whatever you want to come in at um, is whatever. But, uh, yeah, no, I can't, agree, I can't disagree with the five. I give it a six. I thought the last, I thought the last um, scene was really good. Also, the burns throughout the episode, the Carlton being adopted, the vanilla ice disc, the LL Cool J thing. Uh, or was that in my episode, the LL Cool J thing? They're bleeding together now. I think that was this one, right? No, no, that was this one. That was this that one. Was this one. Yeah, so there's some good lines in there. There's the um, uh, Carlton quoting, uh, who did Carlton quote? Malcolm X? Uh, John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, one of his heroes, but uh, yeah, no, it was a, you know, by the numbers episode, nothing too, too crazy here. Yeah, agreed. You know, part of my new contract, Chris, is that I, I, I'd be very critical, much more critical than last season. So I will always under underscore you, always. So if you give it a 10, I'm giving it a 9. That's awesome. <laughs> if I give it an 11, you'll give it a 10? That's the only way it's getting a 10. But our scale only goes up to 10, so no episode's getting a 10 this season. Whoa. None! None! And if it happens, then this, this conversation right here never happened. Okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we'll be right back after some run DMC. Yo, man. 
perpetrate and lay down law from state to state. We travel on gravel, dirt road, our street. I wear my Adidas when I rock the beat. On stage, front page, every show I go. It's Adidas on my feet, high top or low. decided cool. on the song that's just that's just exactly what came to my mind first so yeah that's fine. <laughs> run dmc um, have we have we done just... a run dmc song yet or no no i was gonna do one but uh no run devil may cry devil Dang. may cry devil may cry is one of the best uh names for a video game of all time i mean devil may cry that's badass i always thought it was dumb as shit Dang. like think about what you're saying devil may cry the devil may cry. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Do you have any Oppenheimer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm pretty sure I say it a different way every fucking time I say it. I don't know if I said Applenheimer, Alpenheimer, Appleheimer. <laughs> Unfortunately, you will probably never make me laugh like that again. Based on Son that joke, you bitch. might make me laugh at right. another thing. No, no, I, I mean, don't know joke, what it but like, was like. It's just so good. <laughs> it's like you're not expecting anything, and like somebody punches you in the gut. You're like, ah! <laughs> I died, man. I freaking died. Anyway, let's get into the close. All right, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the sounds of Run DMC. That's courtesy of Acapello. Um, Instagram Ooh. is at Podcast Fresh. We are back at it for season two. So go to Podcast Fresh on Instagram if you want to follow along. Um, that's that's going to be our main hub for all of our podcasts going forward. Um, you can email us at podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com. Any questions, concerns, death threats, Death threats, just RE those to Ryan because I'm not going to put up with that, but I can definitely send them there. Ryan, what's going on with you, brother? <laughs> I will never open those emails. You could also uh, reach us out on Twitter at PodcastFreshTO. Uh, everything that goes on on Instagram also goes on on Twitter and vice versa. So if you're a Twitter user, you get the same perks. Uh, also, if you're interested in uh, you know myself and my music, you could follow me on Instagram at uh, at acapello a-c-a-p-e-l-l-o uh i got a song playing right after our little plugs here it's called facts uh it's one of my favorite ones um yeah so if you like it there's more of that uh more where that came from just go to my instagram you'll see it chris close us off thanks ryan yeah man download acapello song he's uh pretty good this is this the one ryan where you told me this is the one that you did back in the day is this the classic song or no 
It's a pretty. It's a pretty. No, no. It's it's not that one. The one you told me about. Okay, okay, okay. No, no. It's not that one. What? That we're saving that one for another time. But I I came across this one today, and we're like, okay, this would be perfect for today. Cool. Yeah. So stick around for that one. We'll play that one. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for downloading. We are back. Thank you so much for your patience. We know that uh, we've only dropped two of these Fresh Prince episodes in the last month and a half. But uh, we are back on track. We are here for season two. And thank you so much. And I just want to bring up one little thing. Um, our second show, the podcast Fresh Cafe. I wanted to address any confusion that there might be there. I'll say it again. Podcast Fresh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air review show will go on. It'll still be called Podcast Fresh. It'll still be at the same URL, the same link. Everything's exactly the same. The only thing is on your podcast feed, you're not going to get the extra show, Podcast Fresh Cafe, where me and uh, Acapella will go on there and talk about music, whatever's uh, we're talking about that day, video games, movies, TV shows, yada, 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 the weather, uh, funny stories, that'll all be on there. And we're doing that, like I mentioned before, to keep everything tight and we want the fresh print stuff to be on one boat and we want everything else to be on the other boat so that if you come on here for fresh prints i don't want to bore you with video games ryan doesn't want to bore you with music talk uh etc etc but if you are interested in that it'll just be in a separate download and um you know it's going to be a little bit different uh going forward because you're going to be seeing the fresh prints of uh bel-air podcast come up and then you're also going to see the podcast, uh, Podcast Fresh Cafe. So just keep an eye on both of those. Uh, you know, I'll make it very obvious which one's Fresh Prince, which one's just the variety show. But um, those will be the two flagship shows going forward as we continue this under the umbrella of Podcast Fresh. Did I just confuse right. everybody? Because I hope I did. <laughs> I feel but, like we uh, need to explain this every week, but yeah. No, well, just for the beginning, you know, we just don't <laughs> want to confuse. I'm just anybody. kidding. No, it should be straight. It yeah. should be straightforward. This show's basically, if you on. don't want to hear us, yeah, if you don't want to hear us talk about you know ourselves or whatever else we do right. besides Fresh Prince of Bel Air, like right. if you're genuinely fans of us as human beings and what we're about, like if you can relate to us, then you want to stick around for the cafe. The cafe is like you know we voice our opinions and you know if you're if you're if you agree with us if you disagree with us you write us in at podcastfresh2020 at gmail.com and we'll gladly. Uh, you know, reply to you. We could have a conversation. Shit, we, we might even have you on the show. Who knows? But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's what that's about. That's cool. what that's about. So yeah, tons of stuff going on. Thank you everybody for downloading. Next week we'll be back with episodes three and four, season two, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And stick around for the cafe. That should be dropped uh, tomorrow or later this week. Um, until then, take care, stay safe, and we'll see you all next week on Podcast Fresh. Peace. Yeah. Stunna make the beat. <laughs> Time to talk my fucking shit, bitch. Hey, hey, hey. Last few tracks have been A1. Man, don't front, that's just facts. Hey, my drip just been on point. Back with blood, that's just facts. Man, the cloud just on the run. For the stunt, that's just facts. Celebrating past the run. I'm the one, that shit facts. Last few tracks have been A1. Man, don't front, that's just facts. Hey, my drip just been on point. Back with blood, that's just facts. Man, the cloud just on the run. For the stunt, that's just facts. Celebrating past the run. I'm the one, that shit facts. Never been the one to boast the shit that I've been through For those of you who know me know I do this shit for you The ones who talking shit just know I'll never fuck with you Man let me repeat that I do not fuck with you or you Sipping on this drink it's got a homie feeling loose Whipping through that six I'm in my civic open roof Man I feel alive so suicide been on
I did that, I've been climbing up the ranks. All the shit I talk, bitch. All the shit I talk, bitch. Flexing from the top, shit. Flexing from the top, shit. I'm just piling up my stacks. I'm just piling up my stacks. That's just motherfucking facts. That's just motherfucking facts. Last few tracks have been A1. Man, don't front. That's just facts. Hey, my drip just been on point. Backward blunt. That's just facts. Man, the cloud just on the run. Throw the stunt. That's just facts. Celebrating past the run. I'm the one. That shit facts. Last few tracks have been A1. Man, don't front. That's just facts. Hey, my drip just been on point. Backward blunt. That's just facts. Man, the cloud just on the run. Throw the stunt. That's just facts. Celebrating past the run. I'm the one. That shit facts. I've been on the ground for a minute. Trucks on rails. How homie been living? Oh, run the game until I'm at the finish. Hey, you big dogs feeling like diminish. Hey, everybody hit me with the business. Oh, I don't give a fuck about your feelings. Oh, in the whip, killer with the pillin'. In the whip, in the whip, rollin' like a villain. Hey, yeah, the young king been chillin'. But right now, right now, back into the killing. Right now, right now, trying to get a million. Yeah, it's insane now. I just got a feeling. Hey, I've been on my own damn wave. Every beat that comes out, I just gotta go and slay. Cooking all the shit so I can throw it in your face. Fuck your version. All I gotta say is, hey, ain't nobody messing with the vision. Villa in the hills with the drop top living. Chuck a dollar bill, I just wanna do the mission. Say I'm not real, motherfuckers been fishing. Shiny in my neck, cause these bitches been kissing. Glass in my left hand, cognac sipping. All white kicks, fans still kicking. Rolling in smoke, Cubans, I'll be ripping. All this shit I talk, bitch. All this shit I talk, bitch. Flexing from the top, shit. Flexing from the top, shit. I'm just piling up my stacks. I'm just piling up my stacks. That's just motherfucking facts. That's just motherfucking facts. Last few tracks have been a one. Man, don't front. That's just facts. Hey, my drip just been on point. Backward blunt. That's just facts. Man, that cloud just on the run. Throw the stunt. That's just facts. Celebrating past the run. I'm the one. That shit facts. Last few tracks have been a one. Man, don't front. That's just facts. Hey, my drip just been on point. Backward blunt. That's just facts. Man, that cloud just on the run. Throw the stunt. That's just facts. Celebrating past the run. I'm the one. That shit facts.